0: Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, before we get started, just remember that this is a conspiracy, paranormal, and true crime podcast.
1: The nature of our podcast is gory, unsettling, and definitely vulgar. And we curse a lot. A lot, a lot. Just remember, guys, we're two idiots with a mic and a glass of wine. So please be advised.
0: Definitely be advised.
1: Yo, 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 and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. And this is episode 72. on dun, dun, Yeah, dun. yeah,
0: yeah. And guess what, guys? For the first time in a long time, we're drinking. And
1: we are already a few glasses <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We did a taste test. So if you want to see all the wines that we tasted, go over to our YouTube channel where we tested all of the new 19 Crimes wines, including the Martha's Chardonnay and Snoop Dogg's Cali Rosé. Shit goes crazy. It is. <laughs> (laughs) so good. So I actually
1: chose to drink the Martha Chardonnay, a white wine for me? And you guys are going to be shook when I tell you what I'm drinking. I'm drinking the freaking red bun. Are you kidding
0: me? Morgan, in a red wine? Never heard of it. Who knew? It's like when on the Oak Island thing and they're like, Corn? on oak island red wine and morgan's Morgan's mouth mouth. (laughs) that's exactly what i was thinking love that Uh, anyway so before we get started we had something hilarious and scary that we wanted to tell you but to us it was well more like to me morgan's like not as uh laughy about it as i am because it's my story (laughs) it's so good though so this morning we wake up to a dm from one of our listeners named emily Hi, Emily, if you're listening. Hi, Emily. Um, Apparently her and her mom were just like binging some of our content and they were on the Russian sleep experiment episode with the doll. And we're not going to say the name. Um, (laughs) And she was like, I really love the Russian sleep experiment. And I was like, you know what? I don't feel really comfortable listening to this next part. But I was like. I just loved the first part so much. I had to listen to the second part. And I was like, OK, girl, good luck. So she says she listens to it. And like in the middle or either right after or in the middle, she gets a her first ever in her life. Massive nosebleed that went on for hours, like throughout the night. And her and her mom were like scared because we cursed her.
1: Yeah, you guys, and Emily isn't the first one. When I tell you no. we've been having an influx of DMs about our doll episode and what it's doing to people, I'm literally, I, to Taylor, I'm like, I'm taking the episode down. She's like, no. No, why would we do
0: that? It's I mean, a we great did.
1: We did put a very large warning. We
0: told you guys,
1: if you go through with it, you have to be aware of what you're getting into. And you know what? on the on a side note it's I think it's really making people believe in the paranormal more than what they did <laughs> I know right and it's so not really like cool it. but yeah. it's not cool and I'm so sorry who it's affecting I'm sorry but like like we probably get a DM about it every day
0: yeah literally every day we ever since people have been binging from episode one
1: yeah.
0: someone everybody has had an instance with I mean we I was on live the other day yeah
1: and this girl's like um Casey. Yeah. Casey
0: gets on there and she's like hey um I'm listen- I was just listening to that same episode with the doll and as she's cooking dinner she's on my tiktok live which guys I go live on tiktok once a day and Morgan is either with me or in the comments so you guys have to go check it out but anyways so I'm going live on tiktok she's on there and she's like oh I'm making dinner I'm asking everybody what's going on and then she's like guys in the comments and I'm like what happened and she was like, I was just listening to the doll episode and three of my pictures flew off of the wall one at a time and she left the house.
1: No. And then her son. Oh, yes. Yes. What did he say? I can't he remember. Mommy or like mommy. Someone's in there. I can't remember either. He
0: said something like he wasn't comfortable about yeah. the situation and she left and went to her boyfriend's house and like cleansed the house first opened up a window and left immediately because she said it felt dark in there. I mean, this is going on every day. I mean, and we had that creepy account a few weeks ago about uh, I can't the remember doll. their name about the doll with the
1: flies. Look, all I'm saying, just to reiterate again for the fourth or fifth time, Taylor made me do that. I,
0: guys, don't act like you didn't love the risk. I'm an adrenaline junkie. Apparently. Don't act like you didn't love the risk. Yeah, I know you loved that feeling. That felt great. It made you feel young again. Oh, my <laughs> God. That is so... Get out. the wine out of my sight immediately. I feel like crazy. We're back. We're back, bitches. Hi <laughs> <laughs> right, to all of our new people, this is what you guys actually came here for. No, um, because this
1: is what they've been listening to. Yeah, And they, then the last, like, 30 episodes, they're like, wow, these girls have really chilled out. And we're like, no, we just had to take a break. No, we were just becoming... becoming yeah,
0: adults. we were doing it a little too much. I mean, it was... Well, okay, so before... Morgan got this job before, um, TikTok before all of this stuff morgan and i would just record whenever throughout the week and now we have a designated day which is sundays that we record and it's just her and i and we work all day and we edit and we record and then whatever we don't get done i handle throughout the week and so we have more of like a scheduled out time which before it was sucking because we were literally like recording at 11 o'clock at night and downing like three glasses of wine
1: just to stay up yeah literally trying to get some trying to
0: get some like humor into it so once we finally had our own in- energy and coffee because we were doing it so early like we were like oh we don't need wine but then today we did the taste test and I remembered how good it feels to be on the and mic a little tipsy
1: exactly <laughs> until, we, so until we listen to this on Thursday and we look at each other and we're like, like what,
0: what did we fuck? do what did we do <laughs> anyways uh, that's really all that we have there's definitely going to be a TFU section we are definitely going to talk about some of our new reviews and that but we might spill some tea we don't have that much but we'll spill it even if if we can figure out what it is, actually, yeah. I know what it is. We've only told our Patreon, so I guess we can tell them now. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. You we w- tell them right now.
0: No, we'll tell them in the TFU. All
1: right, we'll tell you guys in the TFU. So, if you don't already follow us on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes Podcast, follow us on Twitter at Creeps
0: underscore, underscore
1: Crimes, and definitely follow us on TikTok at Creeps and Crimes because we are being more active on it. It's a new once goal. a day. Yep. Once a day or oh.
0: we have finally qualified for creators yeah. and uh, we have to maintain a one post a day. So go like them up, love them, get us on some for you pages. Let's spread the name. And then hopefully once we do that,
1: we can go on tour. Yeah. You guys listen to me. If you can get us blown up out there. OK, I will quit both of my jobs. That I yeah, have. that's all my bosses. Want. My bosses who both listen to this are like, whoa, 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 Chill, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> no, I'm seriously kidding. Or am I? She's not. Because, guys, if I could, if
0: if we could get Morgan to quit her job, I don't think you understand the amount of awesome content that we could put out. Like, I, you, I'm not even joking with a you. A bitch got to pay her bills, though. Yeah, we got to get the bills paid. Blah, blah, blah. But if we <laughs> could get her to quit her job, we might just be able to do two episodes a week. Yeah. Oh, she shot her- <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> it would yeah.
0: Be, good. It'd be great. You guys would love it. We would get tons of new listeners. You could binge the shit out of us all the time. I'm talking on Tuesday, Thursday. And you know
1: what's crazy is that sorry I know you guys here we were blowing up but we are we're blowing up at to the point we can't where we stop have talking about 70 it. episodes like that's 70 hours worth of content to binge and people are doing it in a week and they're like okay where's the rest yeah
0: where's the rest of your content I'm like um, I'm like holy shit that took us a year
1: and a half that literally
0: <laughs> was a year and a half that was a year and a half of literally weeks and weeks and hours and hours of work I I tell people all the time they're like you know like how long do you research cases I'm like for freaking ever. But that's beside the point. Let's talk about our merch that you guys are DMing us about. All right, oh, guys. Oh, my gosh. So the merch is ready. Um, It's like, it's ready. It's done. We've got all the designs down. We've got the website ready. We haven't launched it yet. But we're just waiting on our samples to come in. And then it's going to be made public to our Patreoners first. And then to everybody else. Yep. So. Get ready for it. (laughs) All right, and maybe
1: you'll just like nonchalantly be scrolling through Instagram, and you'll be like, "Damn, that's a cute hoodie." You'll be like, "Where did did they get get
0: that?" So we'll see. We might just be Um, like
1: throwing stuff out before we really release it. You're gonna gotta get it first because the universe always likes to screw us. Yes, always. Um, so we're worried that we launch it without seeing anything that we're not gonna like it I
0: literally told Morgan I said if we were to launch it right now because we were like let's just launch it right now so people can get it for Valentine's Day you know for your partners and I was like the second we clicked that button we would get it and we would hate it and we would be like we need to go with another person to create this but then I was like but if we just wait we will love it so anyways Morgan let's get creepy with it
1: if you're driving throw that shit on cruise control if
0: you got a glass pour that shit up and let's get creepy Okay, Morgan, what do you have for us today?
1: Okay, today I'm going to be telling you guys about the infamous and haunted hotel located in Flagstaff, Arizona, Oh, Hotel Monte Vista.
0: Oh, I've been waiting for this one. People have been talking about this one a ton lately.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure what for. Anyway, let's (laughs) get get right into it. Hotel Monte Vista stands at the corners of Aspen and San Francisco Street, just right off of Route 66. Oh, okay. Infamous cars. Okay. Yeah, it reminds me of. Oh, cars. Of course, the yeah. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> in the mid 1920s, there was something missing in the town of Flagstaff, and that was a luxurious hotel. Mm-hmm. The town had been filled with old and outdated overnight accommodation, so they agreed that they needed something new and something first class. Yes, yes, yes. They were getting more visitors due to the town's geographical location, putting them near the mountains and the nearby canyons. So the townspeople began fundraising throughout the town in April of 1926. And within one month, they raised over $200,000. Who lives in 1926? Did they strike gold before this? Maybe. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's guys. a ton of money. In one month. That's insane. So it totally put their plan ahead of schedule, which led, led them to break ground one month later on June 8th. Aww. On New Year's Day, 1927, doors opened for the new hotel, shooting them right into an influx of business and receiving the name Community Hotel. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, but it's on basic <laughs> anyway. Not long after, the townspeople wanted to contribute the new hotel well to themselves because they paid oh, for it. Absolutely. So they ran a contest where any citizen was able to enter a drawing, um, throwing in a new name like what it could possibly be named. And it would be the new name for the hotel. Got it. A 12-year-old boy won that drawing. Oh, great. I love that. Renaming Community Hotel to Hotel Monte Vista, which stands for Mountain View.
0: Okay, listen to me. That is not by accident. They liked that name the best, and they chose that. That wasn't a drawing. Right. They only put that name They're in They're like, there. wow, that's great. That's actually perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love that Mountain View. We can see the mountains. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. They did Congrats, 12-year-old boy. Also, he's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> um back then it was a beautiful brick building that outdesigned the rest of Flagstaff's infrastructure. Mm. But today it's a building that will visually transport you back into the roaring 20s. Got it. And located inside this hotel was the Montevie Cocktail Lounge. Oh, I like that name. And I don't know about you guys, but after a long day of like adventuring out west, it is custom to go get a bet for
0: You have to do that. Or are you even there?
1: Like literally me and my mom, we did this insane hike in Colorado Springs and we went to lunch and she's like, all right, I'm going to have a sweet tea. I'm like, I'll have a beer.
0: I'll have 32 beers actually. Like, this <laughs>
1: is insane. I'm drinking a beer. Dude. And you guys know, if especially if you're a traveler, yeah. or a tourist that...
0: You get drunker there. Yeah, you do. Oh, dude. When I, I mean, OK, first off, I've gone on a lot of hikes, especially during the pandemic. I went on like a billion hikes with Arletta and JT. Yeah. And every time we left, I was like, OK, where are we going to get a beer? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, we're going to go here and grab a beer. Like, that's just what you it's, do.
1: It's custom. And like, then when
0: we were out in Arizona with my family, we would go on a hike somewhere. We would come back, sit down on a thing. and We're all like beers everywhere. Yeah. Every single one beer.
1: 14-year-old sister, beer. Beer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Tanya. Don't
0: come after us, okay?
1: Um. So I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase, but it is meet me at the Monty V.
0: I've never heard it, but I love it, and I'll start using it now.
1: Uh, that's where it's from. Oh, and cute. And it popular. It was a huge, the cocktail lounge was a huge freaking hit. And what many don't know about the town of Flagstaff was that back in the 1880s, a system of underground tunnels were built.
0: Oh, no.
1: Tunnels are underground tunnels. I'll correct myself. Are creepy enough. Um, All tunnels. And they're still there this day. But these tunnels that are now used as storage and piping, I doubt that, um, no. connect from Northern Arizona University up into downtown Flagstaff, where businesses like the Weatherford Hotel, which is actually another haunted hotel that maybe I'll cover one oh, day. Yeah. Um, Babbitt's backcountry and Monte Vista had access through these tunnel to these tunnels through their basements. And you know what's, ri- I already know where your mind is going. Yeah. The university. Yes. Downtown. Yes. Like that is like, boom, sex trafficking. Where do these people go? Exactly. Into the tunnels. So and, but, I don't know if there's a lot of shit that goes on there, but. Mm, I don't know. I'm going to have to look into it now. But why
0: is that every major, like major majority? Well. Why do majority of bigger universities have tunnels underneath them? Our university has tunnels underneath it. South Carolina. Has tunnels underneath it. I mean, literally, I could list off a billion right now. I'm not yeah. sure we could Google it and have it up, but, like, that's interesting. Well, I
1: know underground tunnels, I, w- I was reading about them, but I know that they were a hit back then, especially during, like, Prohibition era.
0: Oh, yeah, to move booze. Yeah. Got it, okay. So
1: I don't know. It makes Maybe.
0: sense, but like now it's nothing good that comes out of a tunnel. Right. Tell that.
1: <laughs> and these tunnels here in Flagstaff were the hotspot for things like opium dens, oh, moonshine distilleries, yeah. gambling machines. And smuggling drugs.
0: Like half of those don't sound really bad, and then it's like, mm, damn it, yeah, <laughs> really bad, really fast. Yeah,
1: Opium dens, nice, yeah, real nice, not good. Um, in 1927, I'm just gonna kind of read through fun facts before we get spooky. Um, in 1927, a woman named Mary Costigan Costagan was the second woman in the world that was granted a radio broadcasting license. Thank yes, you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. Go, Mary. She. She walked so that we could run, bitch. Yes. And Mary hosted her radio station called KFXY I from, crazy crazy. <laughs> from room 105 in the hotel. We're 204. Oh, oh what if no, that's so cute. Okay. Anyway, guys. So Mary is like super dope. Yes, Mary. You're a yes, queen. Mary. We love you for that. Um, on top of the hotel was a light that served as an emergency signal for the townspeople and Flagstaff. It would flash or, like, alert local authorities and citizens of any hazards or catastrophes in the area. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Um, and then it was replaced years later with a bright neon sign that says Hotel Monte Vista. <laughs> and YouTube, you're looking at it right now. It's huge. You can't Gigantor. miss it. Gigantor. Um, during the Prohibition, the hotel changed their cocktail, cocktail lounge to a speakeasy. Mm. But... The funny thing is about this is that, it, like, it wasn't hidden. Like, the cocktail lounge is the first thing you see when you go in the hotel. <laughs> and it wasn't, like, any type of secret or anything like that. Anybody and everybody knew about the speakeasy. They just didn't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> okay, then it can't be called a speakeasy. Right,
1: like, it's not a speakeasy hmm, then. Let's but, use our
0: brains. You right. have to have a password to get into a speakeasy.
1: Right, well, I don't think they did. Nah, I think money B. I think in Arizona they were like, Prohibition, that's funny. That's cute. Speakeasy is now <laughs> Speakeasy. Open. Cocktail lounge. Meet um, me at Monty V. It was forced to shut down in 1931, only to reopen two years later when the prohibition ended. Jesus. And I'm sure during this time, the tunnels got lots and lots of action. <laughs> yeah. Speakeasy is
0: actually now in the... T- I bet that's what they did. Yeah. They just like, oh, no, this is our speakeasy. No, actually, it's in the fucking tunnels.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. They mm-hmm. probably did move it down. Yeah. Um, in the 1940s, this is when Western films like really started to kick off. And the most designated film spot was Hotel Monte Vista and the surrounding Flagstaff area. Mm. So this brought tons and tons of celebrities into the hotel for overnight stays. Um, Celebrities like John Wayne, Spencer Tracy, Humphrey Bogart, Clark Gable, Bing Crosby, Anthony Hopkins, Esther Williams, Barbara Steinwick, and Michael Stipe. That's awesome. Which apparently are like really huge names. And I am so sorry to... Anybody who's older than us that's listening to this and they're about to rip their hair out, they're like... Girls. But I really... Okay, the only name I know is John Wayne because my dad loved Western movies. Son of my grandpa. Like, loves them. Would still watch every Christmas. I forget what the movie is called. I don't think John Wayne's in it, but it's like Jeremiah Jones or something. Uh, I don't... Jesus. Marley's going to laugh her ass off. Sorry, Marley. And Barbara Steinwick is... Was in the OG Titanic. Yeah. So I guess we know of her, but... No.
0: I'm cracking up. People are pulling their hair out. No, right
1: I know because we do. But when you, I'm
0: not going to lie, when she said John Wayne, I was like, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. John Wayne Gacy oh, stayed it? at. The, are you kidding me? On TV. And we're like advertising that. We like that. Why do we like that? Why are we romanticizing a serial killer? Right, no, exactly. he wasn't No, there. not
1: John Wayne Gacy. Sorry. John Wayne, the actor. Sorry, everybody. filmmaker. John Wayne.
0: Oh, he's gorgeous, um, though. So
1: with such a wonderful history and giving off such good vibes, there is no wonder that spirits that ended up there stayed there. But what comes to no surprise is that this hotel was not all rainbows and butterflies. Cause where
0: there's history.
1: Oh, there's ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Today, Monte Vista is known for its hauntings. So let's talk about it. First, we have room 220. This room is haunted by a spirit called the Meat Man. Oh, no. <laughs> a bizarre long-term guest was the Meat Man, and he was known for some strange habits of him self I guess hmm. he would hang raw meat okay from, I didn't know where you were going then. <laughs> yeah raw meat um from his chandelier in his hotel room and I'm not sure if he was like a butcher or something but you can't convince me <laughs> that a room in the 1980s in Arizona was cold enough for raw meat I'm telling you right now it absolutely was, was not, not- This guest or the meat man um, was found dead in his room three days after he had died. And his cause of death is not known. But I have a pretty wild guess that it's some type of
0: parasite. (laughs) Yeah. Bacterial disease
1: (laughs) from his raw meat. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Pounding
1: in the ninety-five degree heat of Arizona, gross. Oh, so gross! In
0: now. the dry, the dry air out there, oh, my stop. my body and my skin have still not recovered from that trip. It's yeah. been a year.
1: Swear to God, it's been a year. Um, today, if you stay in room two twenty, guests will report feeling big cold hands touching them while they're sleeping. It's also known for the television to act up, the bed linens to be scattered across the room, and the lights on when you turn the lights off. Your typical stuff. Just some
0: ghostly things.
1: Um, next, room 306 is referred to as the Woman of the Night. Oh, um, we
0: always have to have one in a haunted hotel. In
1: the early 1940s, there were two sex workers brought to room 306. As the story goes, they were killed by the men that had brought them there. And thrown from the third floor window, landing on the street below. Jesus. Now, the spirit or the spirits of these women in room 306 they mostly haunt men for good reason. Um, Male guests have reported waking up to an unseen force that's covering their mouths and squeezing their throats.
0: You know what? I like these girls.
1: I get, get into a fight with my boyfriend. I'm probably going to be going to room
0: 306. Hey, actually, can we get the room at 306 instead? Like, I know you this us 307,
1: <laughs> but we love 306. Yeah, exactly. So it makes them not, these men, not able to breathe. <laughs> um, also, in room 306, any guest, male or female, will usually go and request a new room when, because, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought, there is no sense of privacy because there's always the feeling that you are being watched. Yeah, but they're not
0: judging you. They're just there to kill the men.
1: Yeah, they're stalking the men to make sure they act right. Yeah, they're actually act like up. hyping you up while act you're up, getting naked. Get choked, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> That's what they're really thinking. Um, in the most haunted room, room 305, mm. any paranormal show that you watch that visits or covers the Hotel Monte Vista is going to talk about room 305 because it is really, really active. Um, And it's all centered around a rocking chair. And before I tell you guys this story, I'm going to kind of go off track here. So if you want skip a minute or whatever. When I was young, we were all at the beach with my family. I have a huge family. And we were all sitting around and my uncles were telling ghost stories. And Mm -hmm. I vividly remember my uncle telling me the story of this rocking chair. And like his his uncle, I think. And basically, um, his... I'll just say uh, this little boy and his grandmother used to sit on this rocking chair all the time. Well, the grandmother passed away and this little boy was dreaming that his grandmother was um, visiting him. Okay, Mm -hmm. and he woke up and the rocking chair that was usually in the living room had rocked its way like up the stairs and was outside of this little boy's door rocking And that story, I know there's way more details to that, but I just kind of wanted to briefly tell you guys that story has been with me. Like whenever I think of like a ghost story that my family has talked about, Mm -hmm. that's what I think of. Yeah. Right there. And it's terrified me. So rocking chairs have traumatized me since I was like eight years old.
0: I hate that, but I love it. Yeah. Like he said, he
1: was like dreaming of the rock, his grandma on the rocking chair. And at the same time, the rocking chair had just been moving up. The stairs outside the door.
0: So this is like one of your family stories?
1: Yeah, my uncle told me that. Okay. Okay. Uncle
0: write that shit in. Creepy accounts.
1: Yeah. All right. Does not listen to this. Anyway. (laughs) Um, so room 305 is centered around a rocking chair. And in the room, there is this rocking chair that is wedged up against the window. It's facing outside. Guests and workers will report seeing the rocking chair move by itself, as well as hearing knocks from inside the closet. Mm -mm. So People will often see an apparition in the mirror behind them of this elderly woman and they feel um, in the middle of the night when they're laying in bed like a kind of tug on their feet like they're being pulled like I hate that get out of my room almost Um, so story says that years ago there was an elderly woman who stayed in room 305 she was a long term guest at the hotel and she would sit on the rocking chair staring out the window for hours on end. Nobody ever knew what she was looking at or what she was looking for. But this woman was found dead in her rocking chair facing the window. Oh, no. So some believe that she was waiting for somebody. And even in death, like she hasn't stopped waiting for this person to return. Dude, come back. But what gets me is the knocking from inside the closet. Like she had somebody in there and she was just like watching for the police to come, the police come or somebody.
0: Is- oh, that's what it is. That's that's, is. that's
1: where my mind that's went. That's what it is. And that's probably right. And <laughs> not to brag. Take everything
0: that you hear here as facts. <laughs> do not That's actually.
1: sarcasm. <laughs> Please don't. Please do not. <laughs> And then there's the bellboy, or better referred to as the phantom bellboy. Oh, I love that. The phantom bellboy wears an old-fashioned red coat that has brass buttons, and he is seen walking up and down the halls. Guests will hear a knock on their doors in a muffled room service. I
0: hate that.
1: <laughs> but when they open the door, they find nobody.
0: Literally no body. Nobody. There, no Not one. a body. Nothing. Not a thing air
1: <laughs> this same bellboy is spotted standing outside of room 210 and mr john wayne the filmmaker not john wayne gacy can attest to that while filming he stayed overnight at the monte vista and of course in room 210 where he would repeatedly hear knocks open the door and see this phantom bellboy standing in front of him john wayne are you okay <laughs> <laughs> isn't that crazy um there's also an elevator attendant that guests can hear asking which floor When no one is in the elevator with them. Fun fact, Money Hotel or Hotel Money Vista was home to the first self-service elevator in the state of Arizona. That's dope. So it's one of those elevators that has the pulley gate. You know what I'm talking about? So people will see this apparition of a hand closing that gate.
0: No, I'm calling (laughs) 911.
1: Isn't that crazy? As well as a reflection of a man in the mirror standing behind them in the elevator because there's a mirror on the back i'm looking so at the obviously in the the mirror. Mirror, <laughs> so obviously they have replaced that elevator but this one is still in service and guests can request to use it okay, okay i would request that immediately so if they do use it if they do request it they're told to keep your eyes down get to your floor and walk out the door no way i'd be looking up in the mirror i would be like "Ha, huh, hello hi <laughs> Who's there? Who (laughs) was that? So, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, But what I think is most disturbing of all, and I think you will, too, about this hotel, is what guests and staff refer to as the baby in the basement. Oh, I hate it. Maintenance, housekeeping, and other staff will hear disturbing cries of an infant coming from the basement, and it's, like, a never-ending, like, loop of cries.
0: That's awful.
1: Staff find themselves running upstairs to escape the sound of the cries, and it seems as if the cries, like get louder like it like is following them oh out. i feel it up my spine right isn't now. that ugh. Ugh. um so there's no history that's been publicized or reported that could explain what and why this phenomenon happens but i'm sure there's some type of explanation out there yeah um and the cries are very real to the people that hear them moving into the main destination in the hotel is the cocktail lounge love it in 1970 three men robbed a nearby bank okay, okay. During this altercation, a bank guard shot one of the robbers. And so he was injured, but he was not dead. Okay. But he was bleeding and he was bleeding pretty bad. Well, they got away with the robbery. And when they left the bank, they were like, the two guys that were healthy and not bleeding out were like, who wants a drink? (laughs) No, they did not. So they headed to the Monty V for a drink. drink. They did just that. They enjoyed their drink. Two men having a good time. The other literally trying not to die. Yeah. The wounded man, bled to death, in the bar. I'm sorry. Enjoying the last alcoholic beverage of his life. Mm, that's but, a way to go, but like... But also, like, the other two men, like, let's get some help. Let's not, like, we just robbed this bank nearby. <laughs> let's run to this very well-known cocktail lounge where, and leave our... They know that they shot one of the robbers. And, like, that's going to be a trail. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. Um, so that night, the two robbers clearly... Clearly upset, like so upset about yeah. their buddy, you know, who just died in front of them at the bar. <laughs> They're like, "What? What happened? But Did you with get a, shot?" But with a load of cash in their hands, yeah. left, um, headed home while their wounded robber would live his afterlife in the Monte V Cocktail Lounge wow guests and staff are always greeted with a warm good morning by an unseen voice mm. i think he's pretty friendly at least he's nice yeah um to this day they watch as barstools move on their own as mm. well as drinks move on their own and even people have reported that this is funny actually to me that their drinks will disappear in their glass so like come on <laughs> i can picture this already like i'm in a fight with my boyfriend or yeah. you're in a fight with logan and you're like no more drinks let's go we're going up to our room like let's go and next thing you know, you see another drink. And he's like, well, it just went away. It just disappeared. It just disappeared. The robber drank it.
0: No, I see this going with me and you. And I'm like, who drank my drink? And you're like, you did. I'm like, no, I didn't. I really didn't drink it. It's gone. I paid $13 for this little thing. What do you mean? And it's gone. And it's gone. I would lose it.
1: But can you... But you know where this all stemmed from. Like, I don't know if this ghost is drinking their drinks. Are they pouring it out? Are they pouring it out or are the people just so drunk that they're like, where'd my drink go? That's, like, I swear, I just we are. had a full glass. But yeah, I could see that too. And I'd be like, it was probably the ghost Taylor. But in reality, I probably pulled her drink over and went.
0: Morgan's <laughs> a drink stealer.
1: I do. You do. And I drink fast. Whenever it's, I'm at the bar. I mean,
0: go watch the YouTube video of us drinking this, uh, wine. Uh, you'll see it. She's a fast drinker.
1: Maybe. Mm, maybe. Maybe I am. Who knows? I, I know. do. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So on several occasions, people have witnessed a transparent dancing couple moving about the lounge. Mm -hmm. Um, They are seen wearing formal attire and they are usually laughing and smiling and not to be cheesy, but they are eternally dancing. Okay, tour guide. I love that, though. It it was so cute. Um, Throughout the rest of the hotel, you're destined to see orbs flying by, shadow figures in the corner of the halls, hearing footsteps following you. You know, they say it's the most haunted hotel in Arizona. But honestly, guys, for once in my life, I'm just not quite sure.
0: I'm really not sure. Either. Like, I'm
1: not convinced. Like, people, like, other places, they can convince me. Like, the Stanley stories. Hotel. The Stanley Hotel, haunted. haunted. Been there, haunted. But Hotel Monte Vista, like, I think it's more of just, like, a throwback to the 20s. And Like, like is it more of, like, a goes. marketing
0: angle? That's what I think. Yeah,
1: because, like, these just seem kind of basic right and almost made up
0: yeah like i know you guys have a loop of a baby crying in the basement
1: like yeah where's the speaker
0: yeah where's it at but
1: you know it's not scary enough to prevent me from going and staying there i think so taylor is hotel monte vista on our creeps and crimes travel list it's on the list we love Arizona. So maybe we you love guys Arizona. will catch us there. Um, if you are listening and you have been there, I would love to hear your stories. And I want to know if people actually, like if you've been there and have experienced the paranormal.
0: No, I want us to go there and then put out like a thing where you can come meet and greet us at the Monty V.
1: Uh- Catch us at the money. Oh my breeze. god.
0: Oh, okay, fine. We'll put it on our travel list. Whatever.
1: All right, guys. That's all I have. Let me know if you think it's haunted. It was a very lighthearted haunting. So that's why it doesn't go. I
0: loved it so much.
1: It was a good story to tell. It
0: was a great story. And like, it was fun. It wasn't so dark that, you know, I think we had to scale back after all the the doll yeah. drama that was has been going on give them a fun haunting. yeah we needed to give you some laughter we need to give you some of our throwback vibes yeah.
1: and maybe next week we'll do like a tragic lover's fate
0: you have to
1: for the love of valentine's day
0: yeah let me um bring the mood down though because we're about to oh. discuss a murder
1: <laughs> okay yeah a really bad one so uh, anyways uh let's get crimey let's get crimey okay taylor what do you got so today I have
0: for you the case of Tamla Horsford and if this is your first time ever tuning in um, on oh, one of I our know episodes this case. yeah so sad. It's bad. Um, We are dedicating all of our cases in the month, uh, true crime cases, in the month of February to African-American undercovered or unsolved cases for Black History Month. So happy Black History Month to all of our listeners. So 40-year-old Tamla was born in St. Vincent in 1978, where she was raised until the age of 11 when her family moved to the Bronx. So for those who don't know where St. Vincent is, it's in the Caribbean. She later moved to Florida, which is where she met her husband, Leander. And Leander already have had a daughter of his own from a previous relationship. But later, him and Tamla ended up having five sons.
1: Holy crap. Yeah.
0: They ranged from ages 15 to 5.
1: That's a lot of kids. Right.
0: And I know she was having a great time. Like, yeah. a bunch of sons. That sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah. So, in 2014, Tamla and Leander moved their family to Cummings, Georgia, in Forsyth County, And this is about 45 minutes or miles northeast of Atlanta. And Tamla was known for her infectious laugh, her kind and nurturing personality, and she loved her boys more than anyone in the entire world. And did everything and anything for them, which included going to every single one of their football games, being involved in their classrooms and their schools, making breakfast. I know, right? Making breakfast, lunch and dinner for her athletic growing babies. Like, She was the dream mom. And I also have to say, I've never met a Caribbean woman that didn't light up a room like in my entire existence. Like they just have the most infectious laugh and like the best personalities. Like I've always had an amazing time. So I just a lot of people like, you know, we always say that about people when they pass away. But from what I've read about this woman, everything about her that I've been saying is true. It's just
1: good vibes. Just great
0: vibes. So on November 3rd, 2018, Tamla was invited to an all women's sleepover at Jean Meyer's house to celebrate Jean's 45th birthday and to watch the LSU Alabama game. That sounds like a dream come true for me and a nightmare for you. yep (laughs) so tamla made dinner for her family before making an entire breakfast casserole so that her husband would only have to pop it in the oven in the morning before she got home just in case like the boys were hungry before she she got
1: got them set she was like
0: breakfast casserole you got it no problem so um she packed up her sleeping bag threw on her favorite paw print onesie uh, a thick winter jacket because she is known for being cold anybody from like south florida the caribbean my husband yeah. included, always freezing, but still wants to wear flip-flops everywhere that he goes. Exactly. <laughs> so um, she jumped in her car and then ran by the liquor store to pick up a very nice bottle of tequila to share with her group and then arrived at Jean's house at approximately 8.30 p.m. My kind of girl. I know, right? Tequila? Bring it to a party? I'm in. 100%. <laughs> we fight. Yeah, <laughs> and me and Morgan will get in an <laughs> argument. <laughs> you can bet on that. So um, there were nine women at this party, And there there actually ended up being two men that stuck around, which I'm going to get into here in a second. But eight of the women at the party were all good friends because all their sons played on the same football team. And the ninth woman was Jean's aunt, who is Madeline or Madeline Lombardi, who lived with Jean. So the two men that were there were Jose Barrera, which was Jean's 27 year old boyfriend. This was her 45th birthday, 27 Okay, okay, girl. Um, okay. <laughs> and then the second man was Tom Smith, who was the husband of Stacy, who is one of the party goers. And you're going to hear their names throughout this entire story. So originally, the men were actually just going to chill for a bit in John's basement and then watch the game together away from the women before going back to their own homes because uh, Jose had his own house or apartment and Tom was going to leave his wife and come get her in the morning. But... Once the drinks and the food started flowing, like, they I weren't leaving. I can already leaving. picture our boys. Yeah, they're season not season. leaving. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. Yep. So, um, the entire group drank, ate good food, including gumbo, homemade gumbo. So, you know that had to be yeah. good. Watched football, played card games, and just laughed and had the best time all night. And there's, like, multiple photos from this night with all the women, like, snuggled up and smiling on this huge sectional couch. I with can their- picture it. I, like I know. I know the picture. You're yes. Their that. drinks in hand, their PJs on, and bottles of Pedialyte on standby. Cannot forget. And one thing was very obvious in all of these photos, and it actually is that Tamala was the only black woman at this party. Um, so before I jump into this timeline of this entire night, I want to discuss this county in Georgia and why this fact would make any difference at all. According to Rolling Stone and many other sources, but mainly just history itself, Forsyth County um, has deeply rooted animosity towards any race that is not white. Yep. In 1912, they literally had a racial cleansing where white supremacists went into the homes and businesses of African-Americans, forcing the 1098, and 98 individuals out of the town
1: are you fucking kidding i'm not fucking kidding you. a racial cleansing oh it
0: gets worse and this literally went on into well of the 1990s 1990s oh, yeah. morgan and these same white supremacists forced the remaining 14 african-american residents out of the county
1: that's so fucked up beyond so many different ways. And
0: you know how the counties and cities have, like, slogans? Like, Cleveland's is the city of spirit. I have no idea what Knoxville's is. But um, their slogan for S- Forsyth, County is, Forsyth County is, or Forsyth County, is racially pure. What? <laughs> That's what theirs was.
1: So, all in all, they are racist fucking good.
0: Yeah. Like, there's just nothing good that can come Knoxville's out of this. Knoxville's is
1: probably the city of bad air quality. <laughs>
0: The city of hard water and the valls. <laughs>
1: the city of mold.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um. So in two thousand and fourteen, so yeah, in twenty fourteen, the current Forsyth County Sheriff's Office Deputy Coroner, who was named Chris Shelton, he's currently okay. Okay. Um. Chris Shelton was forced to resign after posting photos of himself on Facebook with a racist doll, and I don't know if um. It's okay for me to say the term that I read, so I'm just not going to say it, but it's really easy to find these photos. Um, you just have to Google exactly what I said. Um, said and, a doll, a, D-O-L-L? Yeah, like a doll, uh, a racist okay, doll. Yeah. And um, in 2016, when Ron Freeman was running for sheriff in the county, he used Shelton in his campaign, and when Freeman won, he reappointed this racist man as the county coroner. <sighs> oh, my God. How this is literally happening. Get him out of there. Is he still
1: there? Yeah.
0: How this is literally happening, like in time today, is blowing my ever loving right. mind. But let's just like, get let's back be to the better case. fucking
1: humans, maybe. Like,
0: Georgia, we've talked about you for two weeks in a row. What the fuck is going Seriously, on? Seriously. Holy weeks. shit. Yeah. Yes. Hey, and we're going to hear a lot about GBI here in a minute. Um, so at around, uh, I'm oh, sorry, according to 11 alive news at around 11:30 PM, two of the women, Sarah and Nicole left the party and went home. And at around 1 AM, Jose was heading to bed on his own account, which is what he first told police. He was heading to bed when he spoke with Tamla in the kitchen. He says that she was talking about like whether she wanted to leave now or just wait until the morning to go home. But either way, she was going to go outside for a cigarette before making her decision. So Jose and Jean went to bed. At one forty-seven p.m., Bridget Fuller's husband came to pick her up, and before leaving, she like said goodbye to Tamla. They had like a heart a drunk heart to heart in the kitchen, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like yeah. a girl's bathroom where it's like I love you. I seriously love you. Like I don't know what yeah, I would do. Us,
1: whenever we hit the top charts, Absolutely. I looked at Taylor and said, "I,
0: I love you. you." That's exactly what they were doing. So, after this conversation at one forty-nine a.m., Tamala stepped out back for her cigarette. At 4:10 a.m., one of the women named Marcy left the home to go get ready for work. At 7:45 a.m., another woman, Paula, left Jean's house. And then at 8:30 a.m., Tom and his wife, Stacy, left the home. And at 8:45 a.m., Madeline or Madeline Lombardi, the aunt, woke up and went to go make coffee. She was looking through the back doors of the kitchen when she saw Tamala laying below the porch, face down and motionless in the grass. She says she then dropped on her knees and started praying, stopped her coffee before running to Jean's room where she and Jose were sleeping. She said she then knocked on the door, but there was no answer, which is when she realized that there was water running as if someone was in the shower. So she ran back to the porch, looked at Tamla's body again before de- deciding that she was going to enter Jean's room.
1: I'm just confused. So just by looking out the window, you could tell she was dead. Dead.
0: And like you, instead
1: of just checking, like you guys had all been drinking instead of running out in there, running out, checking her pulse, making sure that she just didn't, you know, and like get knocked out. You're out dropping
0: down to your knees to pray
1: like you. You fucking knew that she was dead like, already. what
0: what do you know that we all don't? Right. Exactly. She then went and woke up Jose and Jean and she said, I need to speak with Jose because your, quote, friends from the island is down in the back. What? (laughs) Excuse me? She
1: was with this woman all night and she She doesn't know her name from the island. The friend
0: from the islands like her name's Tamla. Down back. Down back. Like, no. So at 5, eight fifty nine a.m. not five at eight fifty nine a.m. a nine one one call was made by Jean, and after giving dispatcher like her address and phone information and her name and everything, Jose takes the phone where he says, "Quote, she's not moving one bit. She's not breathing. She's completely face down in the yard, and she is stiff. She was drinking, and it looked like I'm guessing she fell from the balcony." before commenting that there was a giant slit on her wrist, implying that she was possibly suicidal, which is what the dispatcher ran with. No one ever turned Tamala over to check if she was breathing. They just kicked her leg with their foot, and that's how they knew that she was stiff, but they never once tried to flip her, her over. They never once, like, like, confirmed without a doubt that she was actually dead and cuz they knew and they never tried CPR oh my God. Morgan let me tell you something so if sick. any if you brought a friend over to my house that i barely knew and she was passed out in the backyard i'd be
1: flipping and shaking i and would be
0: doing i don't even know how CPR. to do CPR i would be doing it i'd be staying alive like i would literally be doing it like this is yeah. ridiculous the fact that they literally didn't do anything So um, on this phone call, Jose keeps repeating many times. You know, we have security cameras in the backyard. They will have caught everything that went on. Don't worry, don't worry. Also, we have this app that tells us when the doors open and close throughout the entire house, like, don't worry. But magically magically mm-hmm. the video cameras were not working that weekend they didn't the battery was were low on that day
1: on that day on video, that day okay but
0: they were fine the day before and the weekend before and the day after but just that day something That's was wrong really
1: fucking convenient
0: wow so um <laughs> The only thing that was magically working was the door app that was said when they were opening or closing. So at nine oh seven a.m., the first officer who ends up being lead investigator Christian arrived at the scene and pronounced her dead, which that's not the police's job, right? Um, that's what EMS and coroners are for, and you're supposed to figure out why, right. not if. So anyways, um, they arrive on the scene, they pronounce her dead and they then send her body for, for an autopsy with the GBI. But these officers recognize Jose because he was a pre-trial court officer. And before that, he was a felony probation agent. EMS never was sent to the scene until after the coroner arrived. Never heard of that in my life. um, and they were only called, all of those people were only called after they declared her dead, which is not how this works. You call
1: 911, an ambulance comes to the scene. Like yeah, that, like why period. was the
0: ambulance not sent? Even if it was a potential like dead body, she's still going they're still going to have to be there. Right. So why they weren't dispatched, I don't know. Um, but they were never called. Because the
1: town's racially pure, remember? Yeah, yeah,
0: they're racially pure, so they can't be bothered. I'm so pissed
1: off, off right now. Don't forget that.
0: So when officers arrived, they could tell that her wrist, Tamla's wrist, was severely injured. But there was no blood found on or near her body, not even pulling. So it looked as if she had, like, like broke her own fall with her wrist. But she's face down with one arm up and one arm down by her side. But her nose wasn't broken she and she was only wearing her onesie, no jacket, which for someone who was from a warm area, that doesn't happen. Right.
1: At three in the morning, you go that what, doesn't sorry, happen. whatever time it one, was, one, one in, in the, the morning. morning you go outside to in November, smoke, you are wearing a jacket, you're
0: wearing a jacket. That doesn't That's happen. That's why you brought the jacket. Exactly. Especially if it's a running joke with throughout friends and family that she always has to have a jacket on, even if it's in the middle of the summer, like make it make sense right. to me. So this is just not adding up and the investigators called the party goers that had already left and had them come back to Jean's home where they separated those who were still at the home and those who were called back into separate rooms, but still allowed them to sit in these groups and talk um, and use their cell phones so they could easily be communicating with the group that was still there. So everyone said that Tamla was drinking a lot, but she was never out of control, and she had brought a blunt for the party and smoked it for a bit. But all the women were like, no, 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 we don't smoke. We've never smoked a day in our lives. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Because let me bullshit. tell you something about... Okay, listen. Everyone knows, if you're bringing weed to someone's house or someone's party, you know that either A, they smoke, or B, other people in that area smoke, and the homeowner's gonna be okay with it. Right. So... Bullshit, I call it. And they explained further that none of them were, like, cigarette smokers either. And only Tamla. She's the only one. She stepped out multiple times. But then other people in the party were like, I mean, she's like a, sm- a social smoker. Like, she... When she drinks, she, she smokes. So she stepped out like two or three times. Yeah. And what do we know about social smokers? They don't typically like really pull up with their own cigarettes unless they're like, ex- you know, expecting Exactly.
1: Them. And they don't go outside to smoke alone.
0: Yeah, exactly. They if they're smoking while they're drinking, they're smoking and talking to someone. Right. So um. but yet at the scene, there were two different types of cigarettes and two different sets of lighters. What do we know about smokers? Right, they smoke the exact same type, no matter what, for fifty years on end. They don't change marble, marble, red, what? Marble, okay. They get a camel, yeah, (laughs) camel blue. They'll smoke no filter
1: for the rest of their life. That's all they
0: smoke, or like those skinny ones with the cool designs on the front. That's the only ones that they're smoking. Like that's it. Point blank. Period. So, um. Jose and Jean then change their story when police arrive after they had sat in a room together for a while. And they say, mm-hmm. no, 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 actually it was around 1 and 1 30 that they were going to bed and Tamla wasn't contemplating leaving. She was just going to have another cigarette before going to bed on the couch. But it was basically them just cleaning up their stories. But according to the party goers, Tamla could not have left, even if she wanted to, because they had taken her keys and her cell phone, her cell phone, Morgan cell phone.
1: I have no words, actually.
0: And each and every one of them went on to say that at one point she was wanting to leave, but they wouldn't allow her to have her cell phone to call for a ride or her keys to leave on her own will. So she couldn't have left and she couldn't have called an Uber or her husband. And no one offered to call an Uber or her husband for her. And like, Morgan, in all of the years that we've been with girls, whenever they're hammered, at what point have we ever taken their cell phones? Never. Never.
1: Unless they're being like way stupid and like calling all these boys that they shouldn't be. But like it would be but for like, two seconds. Right. and be like,
0: stop calling. You're going right. to ruin your life.
1: But and- you don't ever, especially when they're not like in your, in their home. Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly, if like they're out and in, in a not an unfamiliar area, but a home. That's well, not it there. is like she had only been to Jean's place
0: about two times before.
1: Yeah, it's
0: and like she's already in an uncomfortable situation. She's a minority in this right. town, and you know, it's just why would yeah, they take her phone? That. Did right. they take any of the other women's phones? What is that? Where did all these pictures come from? Whose phones did they come from? So. No one offered to call her on Uber or call for her husband to come pick her up, which I'm sure if I ever called my husband, even if it was at two in the morning, he would wake his ass up and come get me because that's what husbands do. Right. Sorry. So um, when we refer back to this app that was tracking the doors and everything, it shows the timeline of all of this lining up exactly. So the front door opens and closes at 1.40. I'm sorry. Yes, the front door opens and closes at 1.47 a.m., which is when Bridget was leaving after their heart-to-heart in the kitchen. And at 1.49 a.m., the back door opens and closes at 1.50 a.m., which is when Tamla would have stepped out for her smoke break. And that door reopens at 157 a.m. as if she had just returned inside from her seven minute smoke break, which is typical for a smoke break. But the door never closes for the rest of the entire night that back porch door was open, which says to me that either someone went outside with her and never shut the door again or pre- preventing that timestamp. Or when she walked back inside before shutting the door, somehow she magically stumbled nine feet backwards and fell off of a porch and somehow turned her body midair during that 14 foot fall and landed on her front side, which
1: Not is
0: absolutely fucking bullshit. Sorry. So, according to her autopsy with the medical examiner, In their reporting, Tamla's right wrist was broken, swollen, and dislocated with a one-inch laceration on the inside of her wrist, multiple other lacerations and bruising on her forearm, fingers, shins, and several other injuries and scratches to her torso, neck, head, and all over her face forehead and chin yet no facial bones were broken and no teeth were even chipped in the slightest but she was found laying face down
1: on a 14 foot drop
0: and first off let's talk about teeth for a second I know a pretty good amount about teeth breaking because when I was in like fourth grade I jumped off of a five foot like rock wall and busted both of my front and bottom teeth out had to get them fixed and that was just from me landing and gritting my teeth
1: marley fell in the bathtub and cracked her teeth
0: Ex- like teeth break easily i don't know what type of teeth tamla must have had but a 14 foot falls definitely gonna break your teeth you know, like it doesn't matter if you have the strongest teeth in the entire world. Your teeth Landing are going to break
1: face first is going to break face
0: first, like not even like to the side, to the left, or the right, like face down. Her teeth are going to break. So there was also a injury to her C2 vertebra. Is that how you correctly say that? Um, that is common with severe whiplash. And lastly, there was severe lacerations and damage on the left ventricle of her heart, which is According to Atlanta with um, I'm sorry, not Atlanta, Elena with Morbid podcast, because I couldn't find this any, anywhere else other than Morbid is really common with severe car crashes where the airbag is deployed, like traumatic car crashes. Okay. And her blood alcohol level was found to be point two three eight, which is just shy over three times of the legal limit in Georgia. There was THC found in her system in trace amounts of Xanax. But there was no Xanax or any other medications or even pill bottles found in her purse or on her person. And it wasn't in the home and it was never prescribed to her or any of her family members. And the trace amount keyword really shows me that this had been slipped in her drink.
1: And Xanax with a point two, what was the 0.238. With a 0.238 BAC, you're that's blacked out. Knock somebody out. You're blacked yeah. out. Like there's nothing that's like else. One of the big rules, like you shit you can't your pants drink with Xanax. It, yes,
0: and one hundred percent. And but like the trace amounts, like that's what you see for date rape drugs. Right. Sorry, like there's no way that she took that on her own, if she, especially if she's like smoking weed. She's not gonna be taken. some Xanax with it you know so however there was not a single photo taken during her autopsy not one Morgan which is mind-blowing because that is literally a part of the process and the MEO's Fucking job to corroborate their findings. Right. Like it almost makes it to where you're discounting your own findings. If you don't take the fucking photos, it just does not happen. Tamla's cause of death was multiple blunt force trauma injuries. And the manner of death was a fall from 20 feet or more meaning that she literally would have had to been standing on top of the railing of the balcony and jumped. Literally. No. Yeah. No, sorry. I, no. But still, they ruled her death an accident with no foul play involved. This just did not sit right with Tamla's family, the community, or her close friends, including her very best friend, Michelle. Michelle was originally told that Tamla had died from alcohol poisoning and didn't find out that it was from a fall until from the news when this was all released. Oh
1: my God. So
0: days later, basically. Yeah. Michelle advocated for Tamla and her family saying that she is convinced that something more happened and someone at that party knows something. So she took to social media where she explained her thoughts, theories, and beliefs about her best friend's death and that what she did and what she said caused an uproar, with death threats being sent back and forth between Jean's family and Michelle's family and followers. And all of a sudden, all of Michelle's information gets released to the public. I'm talking her car make and model, her license plate number, her phone numbers, her place of work, detailed information about her distant and close family members, all of their addresses, and... Social Security information that had only been, could only be found in confidential court documents. So, who do we know in this entire case that would have access to these confidential court documents?
1: Our probation agent,
0: Jose Rivera. And after a minor investigation by his employers, he was guilty for accessing and releasing this information and then put on administrative leave. And three days after this, he was fired for accessing confidential information in a case of a death that he was involved with. However, he was never arrested or charged with any of this.
1: Imagine that.
0: Imagine that. So... This only furthered the belief and proved really to the family and community that Tamla's supporters were like not wrong. They were not wrong. This is just a giant cover-up, just like in the Kendrick Johnson case. This is all just a lie and being spun by these racist counties in Georgia and by GBI themselves. The people that we're supposed to be able to trust and be non-biased, no, they can't. They have no safety. They have no safe space that they can actually get help if they need it. So what this actually, you know, it's really sad and it sucks, but um, the public caused such an uproar that the police actually released all of this information public in February of 2019. But just as it got back into the public's eye, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Department released that they were closing the case, ruling her death officially an accident with no foul play involved.
1: Sounds familiar. The
0: freaking country went wild like mainly the state at this point this was mainly like within the state of Georgia but a lot of other people knew about this and they lost their minds so like I said they had just released all this information whatever and it ended up hurting them more because the public discovers that there was never a rape kit issued no finger. Fingernail swabs or clippings were ever collected from Tamla. No cigarette buds were ever tested for DNA. No drug screenings were ever administered to any of the party goers. None of the drinks were tested for drugging. No fingerprints were taken from anywhere or anyone. All of the interviews of the party goers took place in John's home, not in like a police department. Uh, never in the interview rooms. And Jean entered the private interviews on multiple occasions during these like transcripted interviews. And at one point she offered the officers gift cards. Oh. Dunkin Donuts gift cards to be specific. To thank them for their service. During her aunt's formal interview on the day of Tamala's funeral. And she even said, well, I've got to go get ready for this funeral thing. Thing. Is this not your friend that we're right. talking about? They like in your home, are we are we even like on the same page at this point? So then Tamla's time of injury was officially released during all of this. And people, you know, have, you have to dig through all of this information to find autopsy reports. It's really hard. It takes me f- sometimes freaking weeks at a time to get an autopsy report and it states that her time of injury was at 1 a.m hmm. but she went outside and came back in at 150 or 157 that's what it was 157 hmm but it just Someone's so happened there. it gets worse it just so happened on november 4th which this all took place in the early morning hours of november 4th was the same day of daylight savings Therefore, we have no idea because it changes from 1.59 a.m. back to 1. Mm-hmm. We have no idea which 1 a.m. it is.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So we don't know if it was the first 1 a.m. or if it was technically 2.30 a.m., but this would mean that she would have had to, if it would have been two, technically 2.30 a.m. before the time change, that means that she would have had to stay outside for over 30 minutes without a jacket, which is completely out of the question, In my head, like not going to happen. So before the end of February, Tamla's family actually hires a private medical examiner to perform a second autopsy. And they found now I do want to preface this with saying they've really kept a lot of this information close. They haven't released a lot of it to the public just because they're obviously still fighting to this day to get Tamla justice. So if they released all of it, it wouldn't do anything but hurt them and give the um, Forsyth County sheriff's office uh, a one-up on them so they've kept it really close to heart but they found that there were multiple injuries and abrasions across Tamla's entire body that quote could have only happened after Tamla was deceased meaning that her body was thrown or fell um, off of this large height after her death but around the same time, Michelle, her best friend, is being sued by Jean and other party goers for defamation. And they go to court in November of 2019, where Michelle had to turn in all of her social media posts on a hard drive um, to be used as evidence during the trial. So she turns it in. But a few days later, the Forsyth County court officials contact Michelle and they're like, hey, can you send in another copy of that hard drive? And she's like, hmm why? I've already sent it in. They're like, oh, 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 it was misplaced. We've lost it. So this is the second thing of Michelle's that has been lost in this county court office. And, the case was later dismissed because they're like, okay, y'all are just a bunch of big fucking babies.
1: Okay. But how about them suing for defamation? Like you got to be really fucking cocky. Yeah. You, at that point, you've really, got to be really, really be cocky. Like let's bring all of this into court. And like also about what this woman's saying about us that we know is true. But what
0: are you, what is, what is making you like, so you, are you not able to get a job? Are you losing right. your job? This case was later dismissed. And some of the people who were at the party were standing beside Tamla's family and friends and Michelle and this included Stacy and Tom Smith the couple that had spent the night that I've talked about multiple times throughout this they do not believe in are very vocal about the fact that the story of Tamala falling was complete and utter bullshit
1: i don't know why
0: they even were calling out the partygoers saying that their stories have continually changed to officials and to the community and they believe this because they have gone on this like porch multiple times and they were like first off whenever she did go out to smoke she was sitting in one of the chairs she wasn't leaning over the railing that's like
1: a guy thing exactly
0: and then number two she if she wanted to get up on the railing she would have had to like pull a chair over which would have still been over there at the same time pulled a chair over a propane tank which was up there or like a table stood up on it and then stepped up on there or like sat on the side of the the porch. But, like, name me two moms that ever in your life would ever do that. Right. I, my mom, no. Just no. one. She's like, I don't want to die today. Thanks. Like, moms don't they do They would be that like, get shit. off
1: that. What are you doing over what there? What are you doing?
0: Like, come get, sit down. Come sit down. Exactly. Like, that just, it, it just would not happen. Like, first off, mom instincts. Two, right. women just aren't stupid. We're just not stupid. Sorry, we're not stupid. We don't get ourselves in situations like that. So, they have been very vocal about this throughout the entire t- time calling out the party goers for changing their stories like I heard your first story what you said this is completely different they are big advocates for Tamla and her family but later that same month in November of 2019 Ashlyn Harris who was advocating for Tamla's case to be reopened through change.org petition claims that she was targeted by this Forsyth county sheriff's department because just days after launching this petition she happened happen to be arrested for no reason by this sheriff's department um while they were searching for three men that were involved in a hit and run but they arrested her
1: okay that makes fucking yeah sense. that
0: makes so much fucking sense what the fuck no so <laughs> she then later released um that when the like weeks later, or maybe even days later after she was arrested, the same Forsyth County Sheriff's Department showed up at her front door with a search warrant on all of her devices um, because they said, according to Rolling Stone, that they had gotten a tip that she had sent an accusatory anonymous email to Jean. Mm-hmm. An anonymous email, accusatory Jean. What? You're really y'all are able to get search warrants for, for people that, accusing you of something. Right. I'm sorry, but when has that ever been a thing? I could, I could. I mean, if that's a case, y'all can get 15 search warrants on people I know talking shit about me. Right. Like what? Um. So they go through her shit turns out she never sent it she was not the one that sent it so she ends up suing the sheriff's office specifically detective jeffrey rowe and sheriff ron freeman for civil rights violations which i talked about freeman in the beginning and during this time it seemed as if any and every attempt made to get tamla's case back in the public eye was somehow prevented or covered up by someone getting their shit searched so That is until the Black Lives Matter movement in 2020 that literally catapulted Tamla's name back into the public eye, forcing people to listen with multiple celebrities posting and saying Tamla's name throughout their social medias and just their own public platforms. I'm talking Gabrielle Union, Kim Kardashian, T.I. and 50 Cent. And all of these celebrities, influencers were posting the change.org petition on their platforms for millions of people to see and sign. And as this is happening in 2020, Ralph Fernandez, a Tampa lawyer who is representing the family and Tamo's family, releases a letter addressed to Leander on June 5th, 2020, summarizing his findings after reviewing all of the evidence in the case. So I'm going to have Morgan read this for you now. I obtained this from 11 Alive News. All right, Morgan.
1: It says, Dear Leander, Two weeks ago, we finished the exhaustive review of the records related to the investigation into the death of Tamla. I am glad we had an opportunity to conference today with the rest of the immediate family. Hopefully, by Tuesday, I will have a more detailed analysis. But for today, however, I want to repeat some of what I told you. The review reflects that a homicide is a strong possibility. Witness statements are in conflict. A potential subject handled the body as well as the evidence prior to the law enforcement arrival. Evidence was disposed of and no inquiry followed. The scene was not preserved. Evidence was inappropriately handled. The investigation was compromised by unorthodox unauthorized access and disclosure to potential targets and witnesses a remarkable fact is that there were no photographs taken during the autopsy of tamla's body this had to have been done by at someone's directive because such a practice is unheard of let us address one issue as a sample in reverse order from the above it appears tamla was involved in a struggle there were abrasions noted consistent with that scenario there were parallel scratches to one arm Since they were fresh, photos would have been proven recent use of defensive force. But having no photos ensures inures to our detriment. There was one x-ray, yet the injury noted as the cause of death appears nowhere. Getting the records has been another monumental task, to say the least. I could go on, and will, in a few days. Forsyth County Sheriff's Office employees have been the subject of much criticism. The case agent was a close friend of a subject, who turned out to be the leak of the ongoing investigation. The town of Cumming has a history which raises eyebrows. After conducting my extensive review, I have come to the conclusion that the truth never had a chance here. Let me conclude by telling you that my year of experience led me to believe that 80% of cases where African Americans die under mysterious circumstances end up close or cold because there are no videos and the only witnesses are bad guys or good guys that deep down are really bad. Then you have cases where law enforcement does a poor job and cares little to investigate thoroughly because of some connection or association to the perpetrators. Take the Ahmed Arbery slaying recently. Without the video surfacing in the media, there would never have been an arrest in that cozy relationship between the perpetrators, prosecutors, and the investigators. Mm -hmm. A rookie lawyer that gets a video in a wrongful death case where a stopped car is rear-ended by a speeding semi will win each time. A video of someone walking up to a bank teller, face uncovered, and firing a gun point blank will most certainly lead to conviction, but those facts are not what we are dealing with here. Here, we are fighting an uphill battle because those who wear the badges and were entrusted with the investigatory task failed you, but this is not over. It will never be over. Be safe. Be strong. We will get to the bottom of this. Sincerely, Ralph Fernandez.
0: Okay, Ralph you boys that get it can yes. get it. Are you fucking kidding me? Like literally the boys can,
1: that don't fuck off.
0: Yeah, you don't. So he came for their fucking throats is basically what we're getting at. So in a statement to WSB TV, um, the Forsy- for- Forsyth County Sheriff's Office and the GBI released statements claiming that the autopsy photos were actually taken. Oh, and that they stand by their original conclusions and in the initial investigation of Tamla's death. However, just two weeks later, on June 12th, 2020, the F.C.S.D. sheriff, Ron Freeman, who I've talked about multiple times throughout this entire thing, says that he sends an email to the GBI that was made public because he had to make himself look good, and that he's like, hey, please reopen Tamla's case and reinvestigate it. And then on June 18th, 2020, the GBI says, you know what? Yeah, we'll reopen it and re-investigate. Well, in July 28th of um, 2021, the GBI concluded their investigation, in the second investigation, let me clarify, into Tamla's death, and they decided not to pursue any criminal charges, according to the Atlanta Black Star News, with the Forsyth County uh, District Attorney Penny Penn, pause for that, um, stating Quote, the facts are overwhelming and they indicate that she died as a result of a tragic accident. Therefore, that concludes this office's involvements in the matter. And that's a case of Tamla.
1: I'm so fucking pissed off.
0: There, That does not conclude anything. No. Y'all, j- like, no. Th- there's obviously something going on here. Because I can guarantee you if... Okay, so other people are like, you know, she was like always known to be like a partier, blah, 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 blah. OK, well, then she would have an insane tolerance to alcohol.
1: She wouldn't be having a two point. Yeah. Like, BAC.
0: that's totally fine. Like, and even and if she did, she can probably handle it. I We know plenty of people from our days in college that drink like
1: when my boyfriend drinks. Guess what? His B.A.C. is a point two.
0: Yeah. Like Hands immediately. Out, always. He's just that way. I used I don't I can't anymore, obviously, but I used to be able to drink and be okay for a little while. Like yeah. I wasn't getting shit faced. Right. But like, you know, people that drink and party and whatever, like, their BAC, yeah, can get that high, but they're tolerable. She would have been conscious enough to be able to call herself a ride, call right. for her husband to Functional. come get her, get an Uber, but why'd you take her phone? Why'd you do this? Why'd you th- do that? And then why did all of y'all change your stories? Uh, we're not accusing, let me pause real fast. We're not accusing anybody of anything.
1: If you're going to cover something up, why don't we stop making it so damn obvious? And I think the thing that pisses me off the most is that this happened in 2018. 2018. Social media was banging Banging. at the time and I I remember this case simply because of the picture Mm -hmm. the picture of them all on the couch Mm -hmm. holding up their drinks but you know what I don't remember like everything you told me today was all news to me Mm -hmm. it was not covered it was just
0: say her name like say
1: her name like that was it and you know that. It's not yes, enough.
0: say her name, but tell her story. Tell her story, and that's what we're here to do. We're because here, then
1: more people will say her name.
0: We're going to be coming back next week with another case, um, and it's going
1: to be just as hard to hear.
0: And it's it's but hard it's, it's hard on us too. It's it's really hard on us. Like it it's tough listening to this stuff. Like you find yourself like in a call for action, but you don't know exactly what you can do, and you don't know exactly what how much you can say without people thinking that we're being privileged. Like, you know, I just want to make sure that we're on an even playing field with everybody. Everybody knows, like, what our mission is. And if we're offending anybody or we mess up any terminology that we need to use, just let us know. Like Educate us. Educate us. We're always looking for new knowledge. We're looking to be corrected anytime we fuck up. Um, But, you know, we're here for you. And we do fuck up. We fuck up always. That's just part of being a human. Like, we just fuck up. And... Um, just let us know, just DM us. We'll take care of it in two seconds and we'll correct ourselves. So, um, we love you all so much. Um, and we just hope that Tamla can receive the justice that she deserves in our lifetimes so that we know that, you know, we were a part of it and our listeners. So this is your call to action. Sign the petition, do what you can speak to the people in your community and let's all get fucking enraged about this shit.
1: So since that was totally fucked up, um, we're going to get totally fucked up.
0: (laughs) So we're going to hit him with it.
1: If you're driving, slow the fuck down.
0: If you're drinking, don't fucking drive.
1: And remember, life is totally Totally fucked fucked
0: up. up. Hey guys, let's go some through some of our reviews before Which we get aren't to the tea. totally
1: fucked up, but. We like to read them here. We just in love in the section.
0: TFU section. So
1: the first one we have is from Kate D underscore five. It's a five star review and it says better than crime junkies. Oh, okay, bold statement. All right. I am obsessed. I found your podcast at the beginning of January and I've been listening every week. You guys are hilarious and tell the story so well. Listening from Indiana. Oh my
0: God. Hi. You're in. You're a crime junkie local. Okay. And you're choosing us. I'm yeah. calling the police. You're so nice. Um, the next one says first podcast and I'm hooked. So normally I'm not a f- five stars, by the way, by Jazzy J and a bunch of numbers. Um, so normally I'm not a fan of podcasts, but I came across Taylor on TikTok and I was like, eh, let me give a listen to an episode and give it a try. And I'm so glad I did. Love, love, love these two.
1: Thank you, Jazzy J. Thank you. The next one is from Harder It says so good. Five star review. I've never liked true crime podcasts. All the ones I've listened to just didn't tell the stories in a way that made me want to listen. Mm. These two do so good explaining the conspiracies and crimes that I can actually say this true crime podcast is my go to right now. Ah, thank you. Uh, next
0: one is from Ashwee uh, 93 and it says addicted with the um, sparkles on each side. Five stars. Yo, yo, yo. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I found your show about two weeks ago and I'm almost caught up. I listen at work, in the car, in the shower, anywhere and every chance that I can except in pub- public because got to watch my back for the crazies. Amen. Yeah, we know um, you girls are so relatable in every way. And I love the way you tell your stories. Thanks for putting the, this magic out there for us.
1: OK, Thanks. Ashley. <laughs> um, the next one is from Aaron H. Cab. It says, love this podcast. Five stars. I just found this podcast and have been binging. Morgan and Taylor do an awesome job in their research. I love the combination of true crime with conspiracy and paranormal. I'm an avid true crime podcast listener, and I really enjoy Taylor's storytelling. Thank you. She tells the story with facts and in a compelling way that always gives justice to the victims and their families. Morgan's sections are so interesting and even topics I haven't heard of before. This is definitely my top fave podcast. Oh, thank so. you.
0: And thank you for cl- including both of us in that one. That was really yeah, sweet. That was nice. I mean, that I was feel so good. sweet. Um the next one is from CJ, wait. C. Johnson, Johnson, a bunch of numbers, found them on TikTok. Five stars. I found them on TikTok and needed a new podcast to listen to. I have now listened to about 30 episodes and I am obsessed. Hashtag let's get creepy. Thank you. Um, The
1: next one I have is from TamDev91. It says my fave new podcast. Five stars. I love all these five stars. Anyway, me too. They say been looking for a new podcast to listen to. I'm really into true crime, supernatural and creepy stuff. Came across this and I am totally obsessed. Yes. Working from home has been a big adjustment for me. But listening to this podcast has made my transition so much easier and creepier. Yeah, The day flies by and I'm glued to my iPhone or iPad listening to this podcast. That's so sweet. I'm Thank so glad you. we could help you with that That's transition. So sweet.
0: The next one we have is from a bunch of letters. <laughs> uh, it starts with a B and then ends with a G. Uh, it says, let's get creepy. Uh-huh. Five stars. The best true crime podcast out right now. Uh, bold statement um love how in detail they go into each story thank you, thank you.
1: the next one is from diane willis it says cnc obsess five stars love these girls just found them off on off of tiktok and love them i love the way they tell stories and conspiracies also love the way they are so down to earth Oh,
0: thank you. Uh, and the last one we have for today is I Might Be Slightly Addicted from Arizona Girl, five stars. So I found these two amazing gals when I was down the true crime rabbit hole on TikTok. These two are literally my spirit animals. Oh. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, so that's all for our reviews today. But if you stayed, then you get a little bit of tea. So welcome to the tea section welcome. of TFU. So it's piping hot over here. And we have to say, have you been noticing some ads?
1: Oh, have mm-hmm. you noticed a little... Something, something here and there with not our
0: voices in the beginning and the end.
1: Hmm. That's because we getting paid, bitches. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> so um,
0: we actually signed with Audio Boom, and we've moved over everything from Buzzsprout, which Buzzsprout
1: was our baby. We
0: love, love you. you. You were amazing, but we have been. We have a contract now with Audio Boom. And we signed our names on a dotted line, bitch. Yeah, and
1: Audio Boom, for those that don't know, they are an advertising agency. So
0: And hosting platform. And hosting
1: platform. So yes, we are super excited to see where this next step in our podcasting journey takes us. And
0: it's amazing. And we couldn't have done it without every single one of you guys that have stayed with us from day one with our day one A ones and all of our new listeners. You guys have been amazing at helping catapult us back into the top charts and yes. like getting our spirits back up whenever it was really hard um, throughout the holidays. So we love you guys so much. What is that? Dude, t- t- what is that TikTok? Make out with no. I was gonna do the bitches.
1: What is it? Oh, I don't even know. Come and
0: go, bra. But, but you know I stay, stay. Yeah, I was gonna do that on the mic And then I was like I'm just making out with it Yeah just point. She got
1: like really like Side Her mouth came right close To the mic And my and lip was her like Dragging up <laughs> Opening And I'm like Are we oh, about to Wake <laughs> the mic okay. What is going okay. on here Um, that's enough we're literally we've been recording so long today that we're both hung over from our drinks that we've been drinking
0: (laughs) we both have migraines
1: so we're gonna call this episode an app and we will see you guys next thursday for episode 73 yes bye-bye
0: oh my god bye